Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. As I continue to look back at season three of the epic show Snowfall, we are up to episode five, The Bottoms. Of course, this is uh, episode overall 931 of the Real Deal Podcast. Quick recap before we get into the themes. Andre loses his badge and gun, for that matter. Teddy has a new problem. And Leon meets Scully. Themes forced to pivot. Uh, this is an episode where our primary characters, Franklin, uh, so Andre, who is a primary this season, and even Teddy, were forced to go outside their comfort zones. They're forced to make moves on the fly without warning. Um, and we see, we see them, um, especially especially in regards to uh Teddy and uh and, and Franklin. Um we'll get into that over the course of the uh, podcast and with best scenes and certainly with the deep dive. We dive Andre learning on the fly. So Andre, you know, it's been a rough season for Andre. Um now he's coming off uh, a situation where he was able to uh was able to uh Take out, take down Franklin's, uh, or hit Franklin somewhat with the raids from the previous season. Excuse me, the previous episode. But during this celebration, and we're gonna look at, uh, you know, we're gonna look at the the interrogation as well as the scene, uh, as well as the final scene of the episode. But during the celebration, while he's celebrating, uh, a plan has already been in motion that um that he didn't see coming. And again, we go back to the last episode, the title of the last episode, the game that moves as you play. Uh, these characters are forced to move, uh, uh, forced to move again on the fly. Unfortunately for Andre, he's not able to see this and gets himself in a position where he gets his, you know, uh, you have, you have Louis' sister comes in from out of town from Louisiana uh, kind of plays him, you know, in a bar, uh, in a bar, drugs him, and Franklin and Franklin and 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 the company, Franklin and company, end up with his badge, end up with his badge and gun. Then you see Andre in the interrogation, being treated like a perp, like this is a guy who was a part of a major drug bust where you know the guns and drugs were taken off the street. He, you know, was called a television star by, you know, some of his cop, by some of his uh, fellow brethren, fellow cops. And that doesn't matter because ultimately he's still a black cop in a co- in a corrupt system, in a corrupt world, in a world filled with majority white cops. And they, again, they look at him. You look at that scene um, when he's being interrogated, you know, they ask him, was the woman a prostitute? He has spotty representation where he basically has to, you know, give his representation a pep talk to say, you know, help me out here. And then they bring up some of his some of his past mistakes as far as the Louis situation, as far as him being sued for property damage. That if you remember uh, in the last episode, Franklin had had the guy taking pictures of that. That's what that was. That was what that was all about. So all of Andre's mistakes. Well, a lot of his mistakes were be, were exposed during that interrogation. And the bottom line is, again, despite that he thinks that he's fighting the good fight, 
as far as against taking drugs off the street. He finds him, you know, in this particular scene, um, and during this episode, he realizes that going doing things by the book, uh, doing things, you know, straight on the straight and narrow, this is just not gonna work against Franklin. And he's forced to learn on the fly. Unfortunately for Andre, he's already a few steps behind. Like he's, I mean, he's trying. He's in the game. He's in playing at this point in the season. We're in episode five. We're halfway. We, you know, once we complete this uh, episode, we would be halfway through the season. He's playing. He's playing. Come from behind. Catch up to a game that Franklin has really never stopped. Never stopped playing or never paused to play. Uh, and you know, look at us. Look at some of our characters. And we'll get to our other characters, but looking at Andre, Andre finally learns, and you see this at the end of uh he does two things uh during his episode that kind of signify that he's onto the game now, that he's in that he's a part of the game. One tells Melanie, look, pack your stuff. You you are getting you out of here. We're gonna move up. You know, she's supposed to be going around to spell me at the end of the summer. He moves that up, says you're gonna stay with your aunt two weeks before the dorm opens. Then he goes to, at the end of the episode. He recruits Nick's to do a job in regards to finding out where Franklin Saint lays his head. We know he knows that he's no longer staying with Louis or Louis or his mom or um, or Jerome. So Andre's learning, but you know, as in the case of a of a boxing match, when one boxer waits too long to kind of like settle into the match and. He's already down three or four rounds before he knows it and ends up probably losing, and which could probably cost him the match and a decision. Uh, Andre's getting this playing catch up. And he's playing catch up to a, an, an opponent, again, that has never stopped fighting and never stopped playing the game in terms of Franklin Saint. Uh, so he has his hands full, uh, not only during his episode, of course, during this season. And again, he we will see in coming episodes, Andre's thinking of how, what, how Andre's thinking outside the box, what those results would be. So that is the deep dive uh, for this uh, for this particular episode. Best scenes: Franklin Sissy and Arnold Tullowitz. Of course, Arnold was the he's a slumlord. Sissy's former uh, employee employer, excuse me. I love this scene because <laughs> similar there are, there are a couple scenes in this episode where person who's where. And Teddy, we'll, we'll go through the Teddy scene. We go through obviously Andre earlier with uh, we can go in, even Andre. You know, at the beginning was the game where the game was already over. Like the game, the game was already over before it started. And in this scene, it comes off as if you know Arnold, as if Tullowitz was on to Sissy and Franklin. Tullowitz was done before he even knew what hit him. Like they, so Franklin and Sissy, you know, say that they basically, uh, it basically is revealed that they were the ones that Tullowitz bought them out as far as the property. He over, he outbid them for, for a piece of property that, that they wanted. He finds out that it was them that made him, that made him pay $40,000 over more than what he wanted to play, than what he wanted to pay. They get a reaction album when Sissy says, you know, you know, calls him like, yeah, you're a man of people saying that sarca- uh, sarcastically and basically calling him out for some of his slumlord practices. He gets emotional, uh, says basically get the fuck out of my office. Uh, I'm not going to be muscled by you. And 
they walk out smiling because that is the reaction that Sissy expected. Uh, they went. He completely went for the bait. Did not just completely just didn't see what was coming. He sent some goons over uh, to. I guess he was going to try to intimidate Sissy, um, and that completely backfires. They get beat to a pulp, and they get they get beat, and they end up. You know, he Franklin again saw that coming, and end up they get beat up, and then end up being late. You know, put late in his office, which is destroyed. So this is one of these scenes again, where Franklin, again, you gotta go back to that title, playing a game that continuously moves, uh, playing the game, you know, playing chess, um, with with where he's at mentally right now, thinking always thinking moves ahead. And again, the guy, the slumlord, did did, did not see this coming whatsoever. And if you notice, and I notice this with another rewatch of, of this episode, of this series, of this of this particular this season, Sissy is learning that game as well. So whether or not she realizes it, she is being lured and seduced into that game by Franklin because of her aspirations with the real estate. And we will see certainly how that plays out. Not so much this season, but you can you can look at my season four and four through six, especially four and five, where that that really reared its reared its head as far as how the turn of her her character and a loss of that innocence from that standpoint. So great scene, um, great scene all around. And the Slumlord did not know, really did not know what was coming. And he ends up um, selling the property. He ends up giving up the property and getting strong, basically strong on by intimidated by one by Franklin and, and Sissy. Man, boy, fat back, Leon Scully. So we get introduced to one of the more colorful. And just wild characters in the history of this show, Scully. Um, so Franklin wants to be connected all over LA. Scully is the guy in Inglewood that if he wants to run any drugs through, make any money off in that area that he has to go through. Scully is, of course, uh, connected to Man Boy. He's he's you know had a baby. He's been, he's had a baby, not had a baby, but he has a daughter with Man Boy's uh, sister. So Man Boy uh, makes that makes the intro with Fatback and Leon, and basically tells Leon, "Look, you need to chill out with the pit bull. That pit bull shit is not gonna work here. This dude is crazy." Leon's like, "You know, whatever." And they walk into this to this apartment, uh, and just it, I mean, I you know I really should I, I, this now make me think I should change the MVP because Scully completely owns this scene. He Leon is not terrified, but it was the first time. It was one of the few times in this whole entire series that you will see Leon's character shook by the presence of another person. Like Leon is a like, guy's been in jail. He's fearless. We know Leon is always a little crazy. Scully is completely just off. Like this guy, <laughs> and it's so well played by DeAndre Bonds, who's been around for a while. That it, I mean, it's so he he plays it because it's not it's so controlled. He is like his his energy, the 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 charisma, just the insanity. All of it, all of it is controlled. And he has a guy in the bathroom, like he's playing loud music. He has a guy half naked tied up in the bathroom. Ask them where you know can they hear it? You know can you hear that? And you know, man, boy's like, you know, look, man, I don't hear nothing with this loud music. 
he turns up the music basically off, and he's still the only one that can hear it. And in essence, he didn't hear anything. He just wanted to go in there and beat the shit out the guy. Ultimately, the, the whole point of the scene was for them, again, to make the deal with, with Scully. Uh, they said they can get keys at, you know, basically 15 a key. He's got he's got it from, he says he's getting it from Mexicans for nine, but they, of course, that, that product is stepped on versus versus uh, Franklin's product being being 100% pure. So he has, they have that connect. They walk out knowing uh, just how wild that this guy is and how just uh, just off that Scully is. The complete opposite of the in-control kind of Franklin-like clone that man boy is. What um, an introduction for Scully. Like, because over the course of the series, especially in seasons four, four and five, you're going, you really see Scully just like show his ass. Um, uh, his whole ass from that standpoint in terms of how wild and, and just unpredictable this character is. Another speaking of unpredictable, Rigo and Teddy. So uh, Teddy gets a call from uh, Gustavo saying the drops, the drops, uh, saying his people have not received the drops. That's why, that's because Rigo has not made the drops. Rigo apparently wants a club with Teddy. Teddy was not aware of this. So Rigo, who again, not as off as Scully, but not that far from it. Uh, Teddy is forced uh, to do something to to have another, to to do something that he didn't uh, account for, and that's to have to basically get a nightclub in Los Angeles in order to continue the drops. And the guy, you know, Rigo basically forces Teddy to do cocaine, almost similar to what to what the Colombians were doing with his brother uh, in uh, last uh, in, a, in in season two. So again, Teddy is desperate. He's going to again. Teddy's going to do anything to keep the money going, so he, you know, with this front this mission in, in the uh, in Nicaragua with the armor, with the contras and that that whole situation. So he does whatever uh, in terms of does the line of cocaine goes back to his wife uh, Julia and lets her know what's going on, and she's going to be used needing her help in terms of what knowing about the uh, the club scene in Los Angeles. Again, Teddy, this is something that Teddy did not anticipate. He's dealing with some. He again, one of the few times that you would not see Teddy in control, where he needs this guy in order for uh, to make the drops, and he needs he has to basically basically acquiesce to this guy's demands, or there will be no drops of the uh, of the of the cocaine. Franklin Jerome. Um, so Jerome is still hurting physically and somewhat possibly and basically psychologically from the beating they took from the cops in the previous episode. Um, he's reflected. He basically tells Franklin, "Look, you know, I don't want to be no old, no old dude dealing drugs, no old head on the corner dealing drugs. I got my this club, this this music thing, jamming drums is what is something that I want to put all my energy into." Louis has her club. You know, you see Franklin and 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 his mom with the real estate. So Jerome has his own thoughts of a kind of like of a exit plan. In regards to this, uh, in regards to uh, getting out the game, and you know, Franklin, you know, Franklin is understanding. Franklin says, "Hey, this is why I'm trying to deal with only high end customers. This is why I'm trying to make it, make it. This is why I'm trying to expand." Franklin, in this scene, is actually pushing the opposite of what Jerome wants. If you really listen, if you really listen, to what he's saying, he's talking. Franklin's talking about expansion, and Franklin in this scene was real slick about the language he used. Because on one hand, he's saying, yeah, we want to get off the corners. 
on one hand, he's saying, yeah, we want to get off the corners, but we don't want to get out the drug game. Jerome is talking about music. He's dealing with talking about dealing with his music. He's not even talking about the drug game. Like he's, he's he didn't say I want to be out the drug game. He's talking about just being a straight being a businessman and dealing with the music. Franklin's talking about expanding all over the country. So yes, Franklin was somewhat empathetic to what Jerome was saying, but at the same time, really going in the complete opposite when you really listen to what he was saying during this scene and of course reminds Jerome Jerome says I remember when you was just selling dime bags you know at the beginning and Franklin says well you gave me those dime bags laughingly laughing jokingly is one of those jokes but non-jokes like yeah dude you put me on to this and this is where we're at so that's something certainly that will play out over the the course of the entire series when we really think about when you really uh think about it so those were, those were the best scenes also there was a quick scene that i could have put in here uh between franklin and andre uh they're both moving their respective houses and franklin gives andre a glance franklin's leaving andre might have been coming in franklin might have been leaving whatever the case was they saw each other and Franklin gives Andre. Franklin didn't even have to acknowledge Andre. He could just went in his car and went about his business. But he purposely turned and made sure Andre saw him and gave him a, a, a slight smile, basically tipping him off to, yeah, I, I did what what happened to you. It was, you know, I was responsible for that. That's what that smile was was about. So that that could have been on there uh, as well. And I might, I don't want to take back. The, MVP, because Scully, I'll give it to Schiller. It easily could have been Scully for that scene. That was such a great scene with Scully and DeAndre Bonds and his whole introduction. They're basically having cold-blooded killers shook amongst with his presence. But I'll give it to Schiller as the MVP. Louis' sister, she comes in, makes a, probably a couple thousand dollars for a night's work and goes home scot-free. And like I said, she had Andre play. Like, Andre had no clue what hit him from this from that standpoint. And even though the great is great casting because her and Louie look just alike. I mean they you know, they look like they seem seemingly look like they could be sisters in real life. So but uh even I'm I'm not gonna knock Jerome for not seeing that you know for not seeing that come. That's not unusual for God for you know people to hook up in a bar, um, you know, in a bar over some drinks or what have you. But again that those we saw a number of we saw a couple of scenes where people got hit, not seeing things, not seeing whether it was Andre Tolovitz or even uh, or um, or Teddy not seeing what was coming from their uh, from their from their counterparts in their in that particular scene. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. We will be back with another episode of season three. Of the hit series Snowfall Season 3. We'll be back with Episode 6. Enjoy your evening. So long.